everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are finally devoting some time to season three of Mando. Listen, there's been so much other content coming out. We have talked about the episodes a little bit here and there, but now finally Mandalorian is getting its own time to stay to shine. This. Yes. <laughs> Listen, we I thought that Mando was going to be the shining star, but then Bad Batch said, "No, I'm the well, star." Well, that's the funny thing is I feel like it was the opposite that happened. It's like we started Bad Batch, and we're like, I don't think we're enjoying this. And then yes. we ended up loving it. And then Mando started out like, oh, this is intriguing, I think. Like, this could Maybe. be interesting. <laughs> well, like, the trailers. Remember, like, ba- this the trailers the were started. really good. Yeah. Yes. Like, we were like, oh, this is going to be back to season one. Like, how good was season one? Minus Gina Carano, obviously. But, like, minus her, I love season one. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, it had, like, a direction, like, very structured direction, and that's what was missing here. I, I do I do miss a good direction. <laughs> yeah, John Favreau is just playing with his toys. And there was even, you know, there was a quote this week where John was talking about playing with his toys in the toy box. Did you see that? I did see that. <laughs> I, I just, like... <laughs> Listen, there, there's something to be said for just, like, wanting to have fun in the Star Wars sandbox. And, like, I totally understand that. And I totally understand, like, just wanting to explore, like, all these different characters. <laughs> However, it, it did feel very, like he said, what character am I going to fish out of the box this week kind of thing. And I, I really did miss, like, that plot. And I think that was the problem. And, like, Alex, bless her heart, went through and actually, like, recapped these episodes. And that was kind of the 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 end-all, be-all. Like, what, what was the direction? Where was it? Yeah, there were just um, threads that were left behind. And it just, like, gave me a bad taste in my mouth. Like, all those left-behind threads. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, let's talk about some recommendations with some good, good plots, some excellent plots. I think I would like to start with a little bit of Star Wars, uh, if we may. So Mm -hmm. I got Path of Vengeance early. Um, If I do not procrastinate and this episode comes out on time, uh, Path of Vengeance will be out today. Otherwise, it will be (laughs) out when this episode comes out. Um, but the second I got it, I started it because it it's Kevin Scott writing YA, like yeah. unheard of, never been seen before. They have been denying us Kevin Scott writing YA. He <laughs> he gave us romance. He gave us like not sex because it's Star Wars, but like like you know tension, Star Wars like, tension feelings feelings. Yeah. He gave um, us, like, characters descending into madness. He, like, I, never before have I seen a man characterize female characters so perfectly. 
I'm maybe Kevin should write the Mandalorian. I think Kevin should write the Mandalorian. Obviously, Kevin <laughs> should write the Ray movie also. Oh my God! Could you imagine though? Like he, I would trust him with the Ray story. If I was gonna trust a man, it's Ryan Johnson or Kevin Scott. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but man, like if you honestly for the like phase two because it's just a two parter. Mm-hmm. I honestly think if you just read the YA novels, that's all you need. You don't need anything mm-hmm. else. Just the YA the adult novels. ones are okay. Like, they're good. It's an interesting story. But, like, there's just so much noise in those. Whereas, like, Path of Deceit and Path of Vengeance are telling the story of, like, this cult called the Path of the Open Hand. They hate Force users. And I was shocked that you actually find out, like, who the mother actually is, why she started this cult, why she hates the Jedi. I couldn't believe it. Star Like, Kevin Scott said, I know what Star Wars is about, and that's what I'm going to give you. And, like, I, it's a good thing I read, like, um, Cataclysm first, because, man, that book pales in comparison to Path of Vengeance. It was See, so like, that, good. like, makes me not want to read Cataclysm. You don't have to. <laughs> okay. Like, it's. See, I have it. I actually have Cataclysm on loan from the library right now. To listen to? No. Oh, to read. Yeah. But I'm also on the wait list for the audio one. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if I just ditch the ebook and wait for the audio and, like, actually seek out path of vengeance on i would seek i would i would seek out path of vengeance like i listen to cataclysm and the thing that i the the thing i don't like about a lot of star wars audiobooks is like it's the same guy and his female voices (laughs) are really (laughs) not it um but like man i just i can't get over how good path of vengeance was and like it's split into three parts and the first part is like it takes place during the audio drama and it kind of spoils the comics a little bit. The comics are not caught up to where the book is at. Um, and then the whole middle part was just so good. Like, it was, like, cousin against cousin. It was descending into madness. And then, like, the last part takes place during Cataclysm. And I think it, like, like Cataclysm sets off, like, a really good send-off into the third wave. But... It doesn't mean anything without the ending of Path of Vengeance, in my opinion. Okay, cool. Speaking of Star Wars, this is a Ryan Johnson project. We've talked about it before, but I finally finished Poker Face. Um, it was very good, Shannon. I think you should watch it. Okay, okay. Um, it was a very solid story and, like, open-ended for season two. Like season, Well, I think they already got renewed. Okay. It was very, very good. Stephanie Shu was in it. And that's she was awesome. Very good. She was a kleptomaniac. Which, of course. Which means she steals things. And um she was hilarious. She's she's amazing, but she really um stepped into Maisel this season and just said goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sad, but like I get it, because she's doing she's so busy now. Yeah, she's wanted by everyone. She's understandably understandably Mm -hmm. so yeah she's in poker face um and because poker face is kind of like a mystery of the week they have you know a lot of really well-known actors but they just come and go per episode Mm -hmm. 
I like that. I, I like that idea because it's it's kind of in that same vein as like his Knives Out stuff where it's, you know, he brings mm-hmm. all of these people together for like a clandestine thing and then they just slip away into the night type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would really recommend it. It's on, what's it on in the US? Peacock, right? Or is it Paramount? It's one of those that starts with a P. I don't have either one of them. I think it's Paramount. <laughs> I okay. think it's Paramount. Shannon has to watch this and she has to watch Yellow, Yellow Jackets. Jackets. Is Yellow Jackets over? No. Do you know there's no episode of Yellow Jackets this week because of the NFL draft? Ew. That's that's gross. Yeah. I okay. watched the NFL and, and draft it, once and I was like, mm, never again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, there was no new Yellow Jackets this week. But when it's done, you got to watch that. I will. Yes. Well, just like how Alex is going to watch Dickinson before she says goodbye to her Apple TV subscription with the death of Ted Lasso. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have Ted Lasso in our recommendations, but it's honestly like the best thing on TV right now. Not kidding. Every single episode is literal perfection. Okay, let's take a second and like this last episode. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like... I cried twice. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I... Sam... Wow. 10 out of 10. I cannot. I honestly cannot. And I will die on the hill with the fact that Roy and Keeley are, in fact, in game. I can see it happening. When you sent me that tweet about sense and sensibility, I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And then it like it, and then I saw the episode and I was like, oh, my God, because they just yeah. talked about how every book in the show is there is for meaningful. a reason. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. They should write the next project those writers should do is Star Wars, is my I, opinion. Yeah, let me let me add another man to the list that I trust. It's the Brett Goldstein. Yeah, everyone, all the people <laughs> writing Ted Lasso, but they actually have a lot of women on their team. They do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love men who listen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could talk about Ted Lasso all day. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last recommendation is Dungeons and Dragons. I finally saw it, even though it came out a month ago. <laughs> it's okay. I still it, haven't seen it. it <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's it's great. And I and I know I'm late to the party, and probably a lot of listeners have seen it, but it's so well done. And Shannon and I both play D and D, so like the inside jokes, <laughs> yeah, like, with D and D are just. You catch them and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so genius. That they I love did that. that. I love that they like took it seriously. Like everybody who like is really into D&D seems to love this movie. And I'm so glad yeah. for that. It has it like been silliness. Stupid, you know? Like you know how like when we play D&D, there's like silliness to it. Yeah. And just like that kind of humor. Like ridiculousness. Like they got that. Well, the mechanics like – Getting the mechanics to actually play out right within, like, a fictional fantasy story, but also, like, not feel clunky mm-hmm. is good. Um, no, Hugh Grant was really good at it. <laughs> um, everyone was good. I will say, though, Reggie Jean Page was in it a lot less than I thought. Oh, really? I, like, really thought he was, like, the number two billing, which he probably was paid a lot, but he's not, yeah. like, the main cast. He's, like, an NPC that comes into the party and then, like, leaves. 
But he's like all over like the ads for it. I know. That's so funny. And I'm sure I, I feel pretty confident that they'll make a sequel because this one did so well. Um, and they also had a tie like a title for this one. I forget what it is, but they titled the first movie. Okay, something. so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I wonder if the next one they'll keep, you know, the same cast mm-hmm. or will it be a new cast on a different quest? That could be really fun to explore, yeah. right? Because that's Within kind of the same fun... world, like the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like that's the fun thing about D&D, you know, because like you get halfway through your campaign and then you start like thinking of a new character. And so like it's so fun to just like make up a new adventure um, like, yeah. I've even found myself wondering, like, hmm, I wonder what our next campaign is going to be so I can start making a Pinterest board, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, our campaigns are always very silly. Um, for example, I, my character got turned into a horse just so that I could jump over a chasm and then I turned <laughs> back into myself. <laughs> that was a one-time thing. And then we got to turn somebody else into a horse. It was great. It was such a vibe. Yeah, I definitely want to see Dungeons and Dragons. I think it'll probably won't be until like it's streaming. It's um, probably gonna stream soon. To, yeah. Like honestly, it might be on like early access on Amazon Prime. Like I'm always pretty down to do those. Like even though it's like as much as going to the theater, like I don't have to go to the theater. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. And it's mm-hmm. always, like, me and somebody else who watches it because it's the price of two movie tickets. So, like, it's yeah, worth it. Totally. Well, I, you're going to enjoy it a lot. Oh, and you have to watch Way of Water. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, like, here's the thing. I talked to my mom about that. And she was like, it's so long. And I said, I know, but, like, we have to watch it. And she said, I don't even know if I've seen the first one. And I said, that cannot be true. She has to have seen the first one. Everyone saw the first one. Yeah. So I think what's going to happen is we're going to watch the first one first. Oh, and then recap. we'll watch. Yes, to recap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So And then we'll watch Way of Water. <laughs> well, at least, like, the good thing about wa- watching at home is, like, you can pause as many times as you want. You take can take as many days you want to get through the movie. Yes. I saw it opening night with my dad because my dad's like the biggest Avatar fan. He is. He oh, is we the saw it in Avatar IMAX. Fan. It's amazing. I know. It's blasphemy to watch it on <laughs> maybe my phone. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're going to watch on your own? Oh well, like if I don't watch it with somebody, I'll watch it on my phone. <laughs> like you're not even going to like break out your laptop. You have an iPad? No. I'm watching oh, it on my okay. phone. <laughs> Okay. Okay, but see, like, here's the thing. Like, if I'm going to watch Way of Water, like, I'm probably, I'm probably going to watch it with, like, my mom and we'll watch it on, like, our, our big TV, like, that kind of thing. But um, if I was going to watch it on my phone, I can't currently because Jedi Survivor is out and I have to watch me a stream, you yeah. know? So yeah. Alex has already been watching this game and mm-hmm. she's, she's loving it. I've heard nothing but good, good things so far. And... And I say that very – I keep saying to Shannon, I'm like, you know, like, it's really good so far because I'm so hesitant. Like, just, like, besides Bad Batch, I guess, like, I'm just hesitant about good Star Wars, you know, and especially the first game being one of the best Star Wars medias out there, like, the best storytelling, world building, etc. And, you know, us 
comparing it to The Last Jedi in a lot of ways, like at that level of storytelling and then being let down by The Rise of Skywalker, I was very hesitant about this game that it was going to kind of follow that pattern. But so far, it's not. So I'm still like, you know, so far, it's really good. Um, (laughs) Hopefully it ends good. I mean, even the first game, like there is like one thing that like I wish I could change, Mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, definitely. Like, like I make the the choice at least makes sense. But like, there is one thing where I'm like, in a perfect world, like that wouldn't have happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I'm also very excited. Um, I haven't started it yet. I think I'm probably gonna start it tonight. And I I am really interested. Like, I I will admit I got really worried after reading Battle Scars, just because it, it just wasn't the characters that I remembered, you know? And these are the characters. Like, these characters are fleshed out and they are a continuation of the first game. Like, they all feel right. Like, Marin with her dry humor, still going. Good. I'm so glad. Because, like, and I'll bring this up. Like, I already mentioned this to Alex, but I was looking at, like, YouTube comments today and somebody mentioned that about Battle Scars that, like, it just, it doesn't fit. It's sandwiched in between, like, two of, like, the best examples of Star Wars storytelling and, like, all of that. And, like, again, that's not to say that, like, Sam Maggs is a horrible writer because she's not. It just, it it was just a really big shoes to fill, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to start it. I, I hope it has a good ending. Like, I get, I will agree yeah. with you. Like, I, I'm the same way. Like, Star Wars has done us dirty. It's very hard to trust again. Mm-hmm. And I, and like, Cal is nothing like in Battle Scars. He's not. Good. He's got more than two brain cells. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Cal is a very smart person. That's like, I, it remi- like, the game is reminding me that, that he's very intelligent. Mm. Um, so that was an interesting choice in Battle Scars. Yeah, he's very capable. Like, he's a really cool main character. Well, he's a survivor, like, literally. He mm-hmm. has adapted since Order 66 to survive, to, you know, hide his force. I mean, he he relearned it in the first game. That's all what the first game's really about is him um, reconnecting with the force. Mm-hmm. And that um, was such a good game mechanic for the player, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. that was – I love, like, the flashbacks and everything. Like, I – that was such a cool way to, like, introduce you back into this world. So other than that, we do have May the 4th coming up. This is hilarious. I was going to tell you this. So I was telling my students, like, I'm going to be out because, like, we're seeing Taylor Swift and I've got – um, you know, people coming in town, Alex is coming into town. Um, so I was telling my kids, you know, like, hey, I'm not going to be here on May the 4th. And one kid said, are you kidding me? You're the Star Wars teacher. And I said, yeah, I know. Like, I'm not going to be here. And he's like, but your lanyard says Sky Talkers. Because I like have the Sky Talkers lanyard. And some kid from the back of the room said, why do you know that? That's creepy. And he turned around and he goes, she wears it every day. <laughs> so... <laughs> Needless to say, the kids are not okay. Um, but the best part is, is Alex and I will be together on Star Wars Day, and we're getting Vision Season 2, and we're also mm-hmm. getting Young Jedi Adventures. Two very different vibes, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. Vision Season 1 was so great. Very excited. 
Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. Like that trailer looked really cool. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things to talk about. Like mm-hmm. we talked about it last time too. Just the fact that they're getting to tell more stories from more parts of the world. Like that's going to be really cool. And then on the other hand, you have this really cute blue bear. You know? Nubs. Nubs. Boo- the inventor of Booba himself. <laughs> I love that Star Wars is making like a true show for toddlers. Like it's like yes. air- it's like for Disney Junior. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was Forces of Destiny, but it didn't feel like they put this level of love into it, into the project. There was not a lot of effort put into Forces of Destiny. <laughs> It was very well, I mean, there was much the dolls. A, a it was girl the dolls. power cash grab. It was the dolls. Here are the dolls. Buy the right. dolls. Capitalism. And then right. here's a couple shorts. Here's a couple yes. shorts. Let me capitalize on this feminism real quick. <laughs> That's what it was. No, they were also capitalizing on the Raylos because they were with the dolls. <laughs> and there was never a short. There was never a short. <laughs> I'm forever upset. <laughs> what if like one day it happens? <laughs> the, the short One, that was promised. We kept saying that like it's going to come and like <laughs> maybe it's in the vault. Like I bet it it's exist? in the vault. Like Disney, like Lucasfilm has it like buried underground, you know. George <laughs> Lucas has yeah, seen it. Jetta. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I I'm excited. I think it's going to be really really cute. I and like like you said, like the last time they really leaned into this it was forces of destiny but also resistance was much younger like i would say bad batch is like it wasn't like toddler though no but it also wasn't like resistance bad batch parts of clone wars right like it was much more lighthearted to be older it did try to be like (laughs) like the destruction of kaz's home world you know yeah But then at the same time, he was still so noodly and adorable. I miss Kaz. Oh, I love Kaz. So much. I miss him. I miss him. Oh, man. But um, I feel like Young Jedi Adventures is like for the bluey crowd, right? I, f- I feel that. I do feel that. I mean, I'm the bluey crowd, so. <laughs> so so it's You're for us. You're the bluey crowd. You know, TikTok stopped showing me full episodes of Bluey for a while, oh, and now no. it's showing them to me again. And they're new episodes because the new episodes are out. And oh, really? There's a there's a theme. Bandit and Chili are sad for some reason. <gasps> it's like background. I was watching this episode called like Stick Bird, and like Bingo wanted to make bird out of sticks or whatever, and like. Bandit is just, like, so, like, he's, like, dissociating. And, like, the whole theme was, like, you get upset and you get angry and you, like, take the anger and the upset and you throw it away. And at the end of the episode, when, like, the girls leave, he does that and then goes back and joins them. And I'm, like, why are you sad? (laughs) There's some, like, like, lore. (laughs) Have you gone on to, like, Disney Plus to, like, watch more to see if it's revealed? I haven't yet. Like, I'm like jumping, I'm jumping to irrational conclusions. I'm like, oh my God, they're getting a divorce. What's happening? Could you imagine? No, no no, way. No No, way. Bandit, no one's divorcing Bandit. If Bandit and Chili get a divorce, love is officially not real. Yeah. it's Like Tom Tom Holland and Zendaya, no. They don't hold a candle. Bandit and Chili. They don't hold a candle to Bandit and Chili. (laughs) 
Anyway, let's get back to the show that we are all here to talk about. Not that I'm saying you guys wouldn't love to hear us talk about Bluey, because I'm sure I know our audience. But we're all here to talk about Mandalorian Season 3. Mm-hmm. And I-, I will say, so, like, the theme of this, like, Alex went through and she recapped it, which is amazing. But, like, the theme of this is is that, like, there was a lot of meandering. And I remember watching this and just thinking every single week, where are we going? <laughs> What's and happening? I still felt like that after the finale. <laughs> well, the finale happened and I said, wait... Is, is it is this it like we're not getting any more like <laughs> yeah I mean spoiler warning here I don't think we're really going to recap this at all without spoilers yeah and I think we're probably going to jump around a lot because some episodes a lot happens some doesn't a lot of them have plot lines that don't go anywhere so I think this is just a general discussion mm-hmm. of the season yes yeah, so, like, I, I want to, like, talk for a second. Like, I, I do want to start with the first episode because mm-hmm. I remember watching it and just being so bored. Like, I, I felt yeah. like, you know, we were actually getting really excited at, at the beginning because we were like, oh, man, this is going to be a return to season one. But then it was like, it was like they were literally retreading season one in that episode. Like, they go back to Navarro, like, everything's cool. I do like checking in on Navarro, Mm because it's such a cool planet, and, like, I do love checking in on them. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, what's weird is that, like, you know, they talk to Grief, and Mando wants to rebuild IG-11, and I'm like, why are we rebuilding IG-11? The IG-11 quest is weird. It's so weird. It, like, goes nowhere and then comes back and then goes nowhere again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, like you were saying, you know, checking back on Navarro, we get to see Navarro in, like, a different place. Like, Grief has taken this, this city and, like, cleaned it up. Um, there's a big sense of community here, whereas, like, all the people who live here are helping out making the city a better place kind of thing. Like, it's very communal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of get a little bit of a confrontation with pirates who kind of demand to grief that, like, you know, they get their share of the pie because that's how it used to be. You know, like, the pirates wouldn't attack them if, you know, there were mutual agreements and now that's not so much the case because the, the city's cleaned up and everything. So, Din... And grief, like, fight them off. Like, so random. And the lone pirate, like, leaves. Mm. Din comes... So, sorry. Din comes here because he, like, he wants IG-11, like you said. And they turn him on and he's in assassin mode. Like, he goes to, like, try to kill Grogu. So, they have to turn him off and they're like, okay, well, he needs a new memory chip. Go get him. So now we're, like, questing, right? We're, like, okay, the quest is going to be to go get a memory chip for IG-11. And then we go to the – I want to jump to the next episode a little yep, bit. absolutely. We go, <laughs> we go to Tatooine to see Peli to get a memory chip for this droid. And Peli's, like, no, 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 just take this droid. <laughs> Like as you were as you were telling me this, like I completely forgot that like 
they were sent to Pele for this reason. Like, I almost forgot that they went to Pele at all, like, to be perfectly honest. Because, like, first of all, my brain shut off in the first episode when they introduced the little the little Babu Frick guys. <laughs> I remember that. You were yeah, so mad. I was so mad. I was, Like, I completely missed, like, Mr. Swamp Pirate guy because I was so mad. Oh, yeah. I stopped paying attention. Um, so, yeah, they go to Tatooine to get a memory chip. And she's literally like, nah, take R4. And, like, I will argue I loved R4. He was the mm-hmm. moment. A cowardly droid. I, I absolutely he had a great personality. A yeah, yes. he he slayed. It was great. Um, not enough Pele, but like I guess that's okay. But yeah, like it's so weird because he doesn't even go straight to her, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have that dog fight with the pirates, and it's later revealed that. And I honestly think that this was such a last minute decision. It was later revealed that the reason the pirates are attacking Navarro was, like, on the orders of Moff Gideon. And I'm like, what was the reason? (laughs) What's the reason? I don't understand. Moff Gideon Um, was, like, so buried in this whole thing. (laughs) I guess to split up the Mandalorians? Like, to try to get... Because at this point, Din is hanging out with the Mandos? No. They're not on this planet. They had to leave. Right, they don't but get. He, th- but if Gideon like knew that man Din would come to the rescue, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I guess he still wanted Baby Grogu. I guess he did still want Baby Grogu. <laughs> I don't know, man. So, but I do want to start like that. This episode actually opened up with the Mandalorians. Like before we got to Navarro, we're bouncing around. But this is what the season is doing anyway. So, <laughs> um. We see basically a Mando christening is what we see. We do. A mm-hmm. little boy. A little, and then there's like the a big boy. creature accounts, attacks, you know, like that truck crocodile thing, whatever. That doesn't really matter. There's a lot of mysterious creatures in this season that, that don't, don't matter. That don't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was interesting because I think one thing that could have done better with was the whole cult thing um they leaned heavily into the cult themes this season but they had nothing to say about it yeah they didn't say anything about it it was very unspoken Mm -hmm. um and like here's the thing like i i like that it opened there and it was Uh like you know you have you have to be redeemed and there's no way to be redeemed because like mandalore is no more and he's like well i'm gonna go to mandalore and, like, he goes to see Bo-Katan instead yeah. of going to get a memory chip. And I'm like, why didn't he go to Bo-Katan first, have Bo reject him, and then go to Navarro and be like, well, this is my plan B. Like, I don't. Yeah. The order but he was decided weird. off the bat that he needed a droid to get to Mandalore. Yeah, because apparently, like, that was, like they the thought first the thing. surface was, like, contaminated That's, or toxic. But, like, why? Like, you said, like, if they did this in the reverse order, we would have wasted less time and they could have put more into important things. Well, but then we wouldn't have gotten no squeezy, bad baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, they could have still done bad baby, just in a different order. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um... I, I will say, like, the 
the shining through line for this, if you look at this whole season as mm-hmm. Bo-Katan is the main character, she it is does make character. more sense, right? Yeah. And there is a theme there. Like, I... The theme is, you know, is, like, um, look past our differences. Like, we are, we need to unite for this common cause for us to, like, get our homeworld back. Like, all those centuries of fighting, like, amongst ourselves were for nothing. Like, we need to resolve that and work together. Like, that is very clearly, to me, the theme. Absolutely, right? Because, like... You know, Mando tries to go to Mandalore by himself with, you know, cowardly mm-hmm. R5, which was, like, honestly such a vibe. And he he gets captured by this thing immediately. Oh, the, like, cyborg thing with the eye. It, and it, it, has, has it was giving, um, it, it's giving trash mall, you know, spider leg mall. <laughs> sort of. But, like, it was even, like, more... (laughs) You know what the vibe honestly was? Because he, like, wasn't he, like, roasting him over a spit? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's very, like, Ewok movies vibe. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, it, it was, like, almost like it was a creature who had to turn into a droid because it still had an eye. Yeah. It did still have an eye. It was very strange, but like, then Grogu leaves Mandalore. What is time? Who knows? How long does it take he to zooms. get these places? Who knows? No, he zooms. He zooms. He zooms. He zoomed. And the and we know the N one starfighters fast. Yes, because um, he goes and he gets Bo-Katan, and he's like, "My daddy needs help," <laughs> and she does come and help him, and like yeah. that episode ends with. Din bathing in the living waters and getting redeemed. Like, yeah. I really thought everything was going to come off except for the helmet, but I guess not. Well, you know, you said to me, like, before that happened and then after it happened, like, I thought this is where the season was going. Yeah, I thought like, that was going to be the, the entire waters, season. waters, like, Din redeeming himself in the living waters was going to happen at the end. Or, like, yeah. He, to even that, like, I thought he would eventually in the finale get to the living waters and decide that he didn't need them. Yes. I would have loved that, right? Like, yeah, it was, I would have loved that, too. Like, like his actions that he did, his deeds, like, in the journey to be redeemed is what mm-hmm. truly redeemed him, not the waters. And, like, that's not the take that they took at all. No. I really <laughs> thought that this season was going to be, like, the path to his quote-unquote redemption and then that the fourth season would be rebuilding Mandalore, like bringing mm-hmm. in Bo-Katan and all that kind of stuff. But that's yeah. it's, that's not the route that they took. So like when that episode ended, I was very confused on where we were going to go. Like that's when Bo-Katan sees the mythosaur and like Alex was like convinced. She's like, Bo-Katan's going to ride into battle on the mythosaur. It's going to be meaningful. And then it, it wasn't. But like, how does it? Like, how did the Mythosaur not show up again? I'm, I have no idea. I, like, I'm convinced now that the, like, she's going to ride the Mythosaur in the Dave Filoni movie. Like, I still think it's going to happen. I hope it's pink. I hope it's pink. (laughs) I, like, that's, like, it's so strange that they did that, that I'm still very convinced it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, well, there was that interview with, um, 
what is it? Is her name Katie? Is that who it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a, there was an uh, interview with Katie who plays Bo-Katan, and she really did confirm that like they would write things and make changes like even while they were filming. Yeah. Like there was it's giving trust giving Tross. It was giving Tross. Like, they asked her about, like, a romance between Din and her, and she basically said, yeah, at one point. Like... Yeah. I... And, like, I said to you that I... By, I think it was, like, episode seven or the finale, maybe episode seven, I was, like, I definitely feel like Din is pining for her. Yeah, I I definitely that. felt that. I was, like, you know, like, he committed himself to, like, being her knight, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like that. I and and I, I didn't think that she had any romantic tendency to him whatsoever. No. Yeah, absolutely not. Like I really like, and I wasn't the only one. Like I really found myself like shipping her and like the armorer. Like yeah. I just felt like there was something more happening with there was like more chemistry there. Yeah. Why don't we talk about them? Because I like there's some interesting things there that I think weren't taken. Like again, like just full circle didn't come to fruition mm-hmm. and i think the interesting thing is that one of the interactions that they have the armorer tells Bo to take her helmet off mm-hmm. and like i mean I, I know a lot of people are like oh my god that's so hot like shipping them and everything but also like the fact that the armorer asked her to do so like the armor is you know growing and and you know, um, I guess respecting Mandalorians for their decision not to wear the helmet. Yeah, well, because she's like for like this sect of Mandalorians, like this cult of Mandalorians. She's mm-hmm. like their myth keeper. You know, like she's yeah. like the matriarch here. She's the one who like was you know performing the christening at the beginning, like saying the sacred words, telling Din that he must be redeemed. Like she is very much like the person who is like holding all of this history and all of this yeah. tradition so for her to recognize in Bo-Katan that she is trying to unite all of Mandalore and like she was willing to walk the way j- just to be with her people like the fact that the armor recognized that and said no you need to walk both paths if we're going to mm-hmm. come together, you you must walk both paths. Like, that was so amazing. And it, it's kind of – I love that for her and Bo. But then, like, when you remember it in the context of Din, it's a little frustrating. Yeah. Because he still I, had to, you know, follow the tradition. I would just love to have a discussion with John Favreau and the other writers about this. Because it's like you're clearly sort of getting the point. Mm-hmm. But why isn't it applying to Din? Like, why – I just like this entire series could have been about Bo and Din coming to the realization that you have to walk both paths. Like it could have been both both of them them in their quote Mm -hmm. in their like quest for Mandalore because like Bo-Katan too is going through this feeling of like needing redemption because she was the ruler of Mandalore. She had the dark saber and she's like she's surrendered. She surrendered Mm -hmm. it to Moth Gideon and then it didn't matter Right? So, like, she had to be redeemed, too. It's almost as if Bo got, you know, Din's story. And I feel like she kind of did. Like, I I feel like Mm -hmm. they gave it to her instead of, like, having them go on this parallel journey. Yeah. And that's kind of 
it's kind of sad because at times, mm-hmm. like, this season really did feel like, you know, it was her season, which is totally fine. You know, we had Mando stealing the thunder from Boba Fett, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, it, I kind of felt like Din, his character's, like, done, you know? Like, there's nothing no more, more to be explored there. He didn't grow yeah. at all after um, he got redeemed. I just, like, I wonder why, you know, Din, it's almost like Din had one foot in each of the tribes, you know? Like, he could have been the one to bring Bo's group together and bring, you know, his group together instead of Bo doing it all, but... Well, and then he did express, because, like, later on, yeah. you know, the thing that made so many fanboys cry, like, he gave up the Darksaber because he's like, I don't want to be the ruler of Mandalore. <laughs> like, but, I, I, don't I mean, do I could have I could have told you that, like, Din doesn't have that personality to want to be the leader. Mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to see that be more of, like, a, a more of a highlight. Like, again, like, if we yeah. were looking at this in the context of, like, him and Bo-Katan on this quest for redemption, like, that would have been, like, a point of tension with them. Like, him not wanting the saber, but Bo feeling like she's unworthy to take it from him, you know? Like, that would have been really interesting. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's given to her by this weird backwards, I guess so, type of thing, where it was like, oh, that spider dude took him down and took the saber, and then I killed that thing, so technically it's mine. And then, you know, we already gave the spoiler warning, but then at the very end, they destroy the Darksaber and, like, no thoughts Mm -hmm. are given to it. Well, Moff Gideon destroys it, which is interesting. Um, I almost feel like by the end, Bo realizes that the Mandalorian rules don't matter. Like we were saying, you know, Din, where we thought Din's story was going, Bo got it, where Mm -hmm. she realizes that the rules don't matter so much. Like, I think by the end... It didn't matter how she got the dark saber. I mean, right. she was born to lead. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't really matter. Even if I think she, you know, she would have taken it if it was handed to her because she realized that what's the the most important thing is that they're taking back Mandalore together, and all the rules are, you know, they don't matter. Absolutely, and that just kind of goes in again to where it's like that should have been the story for both of them, right? Yeah. Because then that even gets into, like, you know, if the rules don't matter, like, these people, like, if you feel like you don't need to walk the way to be a Mandalorian, then you Mm -hmm. don't have to. And that would have been really interesting as well. Um, Like, overall, I I do think that they did a really good job with Bo-Katan. I was really worried about her because I wasn't, like, super, like, excited about what they did with her in season two. But what they did with her this season was really, really good. It it could have been Mm -hmm. better, but she was really, really cool. Yeah. She she definitely got the best writing of anyone here. I um I think it's interesting at the very end. So I'm gonna skip over to the finale. The moment where they return to the um the waters. Um, Din wants to make Grogu, you know, like, a Mandalorian, right? And, like, they're like, no, 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 because of the rules. Like, they're still sticking mm-hmm. to the rules at this point. And he's like, fine, I'll adopt him. Like, <laughs> like, have, like, he, you're already his dad. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it just felt really weird because, like, he – there's a point made in, like, earlier on in the season, um, which was really interesting. Like, they're staying with that camp, like, with the Mandalorians. Like, he's kind of training Grogu a little bit because, um, like, again, we talk about walking two paths. Grogu's walking two paths. Like, he's yeah. walking the Jedi path and, and the Mandalorian Grogu. path. Yeah, they accept him for that. And he – Din says, you know – Grogu's not old enough, like, he's unable to speak, so he's unable to take the creed. And that brings up a whole other thing on it's like, okay, so if you can't verbally speak, you can't... Yeah, consent. You can't like, consent that's, to that's be in this cult. Thing. Like, you know? I mean, like, Grogu, we, we do learn that Grogu understands. Because... Yeah, he's been around for 50 years. <laughs> like, yeah, he understands basic, well, especially because we get that whole scene where... We're going to get back to the IG-11 story coming back around. <laughs> um, grief gifts Din and Grogu IG-11 with no, like, he has no memory chip. He has no brain. It's just a mechanism for Grogu to walk around in. <laughs> and say yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. So, like, he's able to answer yes and no questions. So he is just not verbal. Like, he, yeah. but he understands everything. Well, and, like, we've already seen, like, in season one, like, them explore nonverbal beings, right? Like, mm -hmm. with the sign language, with the Tuscans and everything. Yeah. So it's like, would a Tuscan be able to join the creed because they can't say it? Like, that's – it seems really arbitrary to me. And, like, obviously, it was an amazing moment for, like, Din to adopt Grogu and, like, him to, like, officially be part of everything. But at the same time, like, we really didn't need it. And like, I feel like the biggest thing we were that came out of it. instead of shown. We were. And the biggest thing that came out of it was that Din's name is not Din, it's Jaren. Like, like, um, Din, like Din Jaren, Din's the surname. No, Grogu well, becomes Din Grogu. Did I that tweet? I thought someone explained that it's like because I don't remember. Man, I, don't remember I don't remember either. I thought there was a reason though that, and it's still the last oh, name. Oh yeah, it had to do with like knights. Like you take on the knights' name yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. It's still weird. Like <laughs> it's still really odd. <laughs> like it's cute and like. That's adorable, but at the same time, it was still, like, we are already there emotionally, and, like, we're kind of, like, retreading it again. Um, yeah. And then, like, I, that... I didn't feel anything emotionally this season. And, not really. Like, that's a shame, you know? Yeah, it is a shame. I, I feel like I felt the most emotion in that, like, second to last episode. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll agree with that. Definitely. Yeah, so, like, the second to last episode, first of all, this is the first time we really learn anything about Moff Gideon, like, being spoken of, and, because we see, like, this meeting happening with, like, a bunch of, like, former Imperials. Like, mm -hmm. it feels very... The Shadow Council. Yes. It, it's, it's very, like, Alphabet Squad. It's very... Um, oh, you know, what... I can't, like, projects. Cinder. It's very Project Cinder, Cinder you know, type yeah. of thing. Um, and when they mention him, it's like, oh, really? Like, I didn't I didn't think he was going to be back at all. 
And I kind of feel like they got to that point in the season. They were like, oh, we're not we don't have a villain at this moment. <laughs> so they brought Moth Gideon back. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing, though, is that um, Daddy Brindle Hux is part of the Shadow Council. Yeah. Love that. And yeah, when they talk so about cool. Thrawn, he sounds like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Where is Thrawn? Yeah. Where is he? I. Who knows? Hanging out. Like and we saw he's just vibing. This season. We did. We did get Purgles, which was cool. I I feel like a lot of this had like seeds for the Ahsoka show, which is frustrating. Like the same way that the second season had seeds for the show that didn't happen, which was, like, Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah. And they ended up cannibalizing a lot of that story in yeah. this. And some of it was really good, and some of it wasn't, and some of it just it just didn't fit, you know? Yeah. Um, Overall, I really liked the New Republic stuff, but it did not fit in the show. It it should be its own show. Like, I, mm-hmm. I do feel like them having some kind of new republic show makes sense yeah do i want it to be like a space cop rangers show no but like but getting this kind of stuff in its own little package like even if it was a mini series like kenobi like six episodes not like you know a yearly thing just here in this package here's information about how the new republic is running right now very akin to like alphabet squadron that kind of stuff, like giving that that to us in like a visual medium, mm-hmm. explaining the amnesty program and all of this like dark stuff that is happening under the New Republic. So, so interesting. But in the end, to me, it took away from the Mandalorian storyline where we could have been inserting more meaning to all this change and coming together. And what does the cult mean to Din? Like, what does it mean to him, you know, to put aside rules and take on certain ones? Like how, like making decisions for himself. Yeah, I mean they they were trying to do too much. Like they just they mm-hmm. wanted to do so many things, and that's why like I'm left with this feeling of like what is there left to do, you know? And that's why it's so frustrating because it's just like, of course, there's going to be a season four. Like this is making so much money like baby grogu like everybody loves the mandalorian but it's like yeah i want there to be a story behind it cuz mm-hmm. like otherwise it's it's just not really doing anything do you think there will be a season 4 or do you think grogu will be absorbed into other shows i don't know like i think that's really hard because I know for me, and I, I, I'm pretty sure for a lot of people too, like, you shouldn't have Grogu without Din, right? Like, Oh, and I, I meant yeah. that. Like, no, are I, we yeah. going to see, like, them in a different show instead of them doing season four? Yeah. Like, I, I would love to see, like, maybe they pivot into, like, it's a Mandalorian show. Like, it's not the show called the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. It's like it's like yeah. rebuilding something Mandalore. Mandalore. Like you could call it something of Mandalore and it could be all encompassing. Yeah, absolutely. Cause then you could see like, you know, Bo Katan rebuilding Mandalore, like him being her knight. Like you could potentially tell new stories. Like I know people had a lot of questions now that um Sabine is in live action, like if Sabine would fit into it somewhere. Like 
I I feel like you have to pivot away from him being mm. the main character because there's just there's nowhere to go but anymore. Shannon, he's not even gonna be her knight because he's taken a job with the New Republic now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, like that's done. Know. Like he got he got her Mandalore. That's what the promise was. Like, I will help you take back Mandalore. She took back Mandalore and now it's hands off. Yeah. Goodbye. He's literally like he's the ranger that they were looking for on Navarro. Like, that's what they were missing because, you know, they got rid of Gina Carano. And I, like, what I wanted was for them to bring in Cobb Vanth as for yeah. Navarro, you know? But then they made IG-11 the marshal of Navarro. Oh, and you're I right. was like, oh, that's a little call out to Cobb Vanth. Because he's a marshal. It's so weird. Like, I just don't understand. Like, it was just so... So weird. Like, it's... So wait, 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 wait a second. Did they find a memory chip for the IG-11 that they ended up having as the marshal? I guess. Who found it? <laughs> Who knows? Probably the little uh, Babu Frick guys, you know? Oh my god. Yeah. I will say, going back to the episode, The Spies. So first of all, who was the spy? Who knows? It was, was Elia, there a- wasn't it? Was it? Well, like, that, they are trying to, the writers are trying to convince us it was her. But where was she getting her info from? Because she wasn't, like, with the Mandalorians. No. But, like, the spy that they're talking about is her, I think. Which, like, makes sense in the context of the New, like, the New Republic stuff. Because, Mm -hmm. like, we both actually really like that episode where it's, like, just about, like, Dr. Pershing like mm-hmm. the popsicles, the camp, being on Coruscant. It, I loved it. It was loved so cool. It. Loved it. it. But it needed to be in a different show. Like like yes. I was saying, like, all of this needs to be packaged for like a different, you know, show that's obviously set in what they call the Mandoverse now. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's watching all of the shows. Um I don't know. But yeah, yeah I love that. I love that episode and then how it came back around to you know Elia being the spy and we never know what happened to Pershing if he died or not I think it's insinuated that he died but like I don't know and like we also don't really know like anything about Gideon why he's doing what he's doing like he felt like Gideon was scared scary in season one he like, said he was not scary this season no he was mustache twirly like yeah. he was making clones of himself we were right like that they were trying to make a force sensitive clone yeah like but for it to be gideon wanting to make a clone of himself that was force sensitive was weird that was such a weird scene in the finale with all the clones yes so, like, there's a hallway with all the Moff Gideon clones, and they were all just, like, staring. At yeah. Din. And then, <laughs> and, like, Din just immediately destroys them all. Like, well, that's it. Well, I thought that we were going to see a bunch of naked Gideons on the floor. <laughs> just, like, swimming around, like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Even, no, like, that's the first thing I thought of when that happened. Yeah. Um, it was ridiculous. It was really silly. He's very mustache twirly. And not only does he want to make force sensitive clones of himself, he also takes Beskar 
and makes the new Dark Trooper armor out of Beskar, which is a very interesting, you know, side story of this um, Imperial who desperately wants to take power from some very powerful people, the Force from the Jedi and Beskar from the Mandalorians and making something even more powerful than those two groups who used to, you know, fight against each other. Um, Which is so cool. Like, it's such a cool idea. It just, again, wasn't really given any time. Gideon dies in a fiery explosion. Mustache twirly. Like, it was so over the top. But the idea of him wanting power by taking it from the other groups fits very well into the Empire. That's what they do. They take. Absolutely. Right? And, like, he is such an interesting, like, counterpoint to, like, Mandalore, like kind of the same way that Maul was. Like he's like a conqueror of Mandalore. Like he's the one who raised it. Mm -hmm. But that would have been really interesting in the context of that like rebuilding kind of thing. Like they start rebuilding Mandalore and then Moff Gideon is back or something. But well, I also, he was in his little hidden fortress in Mandalore, right? That's where he he's was, been hiding. Yeah, which that's where they find him. Like he was planning mm-hmm. again. Like I, I, I just think it needed more time. And I also think that they wrap it up so quickly because like they want to get back into Thrawn stuff. And I find that whenever Ahsoka or Thrawn is mentioned, all attention is like shifted away, mm-hmm. like. I, I kind of feel like this season feels the way it does because the attention is on, like, the Ahsoka show and, like, bringing Thrawn back and all of that. And it's so, like, disappointing that that keeps happening with every Star Wars show. It's like they're trying to hype you for the next one instead of mm-hmm. making you invested in the current one. I mean, obviously, Andor Kenobi did not do that. Like, mm-hmm. they stand on their own. They're both very good but everything so far in the manoverse like boba fett you know like boba fett for me started out really strong and then fell apart because it was like trying to hype us for mando Mm -hmm. yeah season two for me was like hyping boba fett and then boba fett was like hyping season three and season three is hyping ahsoka like that's why the first season is so good because it's just its own thing and then like i said we're like Putting all this, like, mythosaur stuff down in the show, which, are we going to see that come back anytime soon? Or is it going to be in the John, the Dave Filoni movie? Probably. Like, it's which probably going to be away everything. Because yeah. the Ray movie's coming first. Mm-hmm. I think it'll probably be... <laughs> I, I've, I think it's going to be everything from... The Mandoverse, like probably like against Thrawn or something. I you can't know? believe I'm gonna gonna go to the theater and see this Dave Filoni movie that I'm gonna not want to watch, <laughs> but I'm gonna go see it anyways. Yeah, I'm gonna get the thumbs up, thumbs down kind of thing, you know. Not like, but like I'm expecting thumbs down. Like I'm not I, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not expecting not even... anything. Yeah, and, and like, like I and and that's like I don't want to like use all this time, you know, talking bad on Dave Filoni because he's done some really, really, really good stuff. He really has. But everything he's touched in live action just is not for me. I 
I feel like genuinely what it is is that like he is such a good storyteller and like we've talked about this before like he is such a good storyteller and then John Favreau can like make it happen right that's why yeah. season one was like a dream team but then I think what happened is that sidetrackness of like we are playing in the sandbox we want to use all the characters we want to bring everybody back you know type of thing and again like I, I totally get it. Like, you know, Star Wars is so fun and you want to be able to explore it. Like we talked about this with Battle Scars too. But when you don't have that, like, we're sticking to this story, it just, it meanders. And I, I don't know why they've been struggling with that because season one was like so tight, so clean. So I don't know why, like, if they've just been given free reign or what it is. Because they they definitely are making things a lot messier than they originally did. I personally think that they online saw the takeaway. And this is like also, I think, to do with The Last Jedi and the very loud voices who are very for cameos, very uh, in-your-face messaging like not set like not no subtle subtlety stuff. no yeah. no thinking very hard <laughs> um and i think that those people tend to hear the loudest voices and they're like well you know what they actually want they want this stuff so we're gonna give them this stuff now mm-hmm. i don't know maybe they have it in them to do better but and i think they do honestly have because we've seen them do better And, like, we've seen, like, Dave Filoni do some amazing storytelling. And sometimes I think he operates better when it's, like, lower stakes. You know, like, with the first season of Mando, like, nobody knew what to expect. And, like, I would even look at more recently with, like, Tales of the Jedi. Like, Mm -hmm. his Ahsoka stuff, like, wasn't our favorite. But I also think, like, Ahsoka has become, like, such a high-stakes character. And, like he doesn't let anybody else do anything with her. Like, he's always the one doing something. Whereas, like, with Dooku, like, that was really good. Yeah. You I know? do wonder, the like, how how involved he was with the Dooku stuff. Yeah. I could see that, where, like, he maybe had some ideas, but, mm-hmm. like, let other people run with now. it. he's busy now. He's yeah. so busy. And, like, I mean, he's an executive producer on Bad Batch, but he's not you know, writing Bad Batch or anything. Mm-hmm. I I really do feel like his attention, like, he has so much attention on, like, Ahsoka. He has so much attention on, like, Thrawn and, like, these big characters. And they he's trying to please a lot of people. And it's, it, it is hurting because of that. Because, like, we get episodes like Bryce Dallas Howard's, you know, or it's just... Yeah. I it's love so that yeah it's so campy it's so silly like it doesn't take itself too seriously and i feel like that's the problem a lot of the times like they're taking it mm-hmm. too seriously yeah and like i sometimes you just want to see lizzo and jack black in space yeah <laughs> i am obsessed with that episode we haven't talked about it but it's great lizzo's a duchess jack black is a former imperial and now he's a lord. Yes. Um, it was a good cop, bad cop kind of Bowen Din episode. It was great. 
Din had like no brain cells just kicking droids around. It was so funny. I do want to talk about this moment because it was very sweet. When they come across the Ugnaughts mm-hmm. and they talk to the Ugnaughts oh, yeah. and Bo, and and Bo's actually the one who's you know not um, communicating with them properly, and because of season one and because of Quill and you know Din learning how to actually communicate with Ugnaughts the way that they do, and that like happened here, and like he was able to you know take the reins in that moment. I love that. That was a great moment, yeah. a great callback. Like I was talking about not feeling like emotion this season and like it, di- I did feel it here. Well, like those are the callbacks we want, right? Like to yeah. me, that was such a good way of like honoring that character because his part in season one was so good. Like his death was so meaningful. And sometimes you forget about him. Exactly. We've we've covered so much ground since then. Like and he's never things mentioned. are happening so fast. Yeah. He's never mentioned. And and here, you know, he's remembered. Well and that's also like they do the complete opposite with IG eleven. Cause like IG eleven was actually like like had an arc, had a journey, sacrificed himself, and then they they bring him back for for nothing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it would just... have been nice to actually see the ID eleven back, like the one that learned to care about Grogu. Yeah, the one who saw Din's face, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yes. We didn't get to see Din's face <laughs> at all this season. I mean that goes hand in hand with like you know, he never learned the lesson that Bo did where, you know, you know, you make choices for yourself, what you take and don't take from the creed and from tradition, you know, mm-hmm. like you take tradition and you go forward with what, you know, you want to. Yeah. You know, like in the context of him being redeemed so early on, it would have been very interesting for me to see him decide to take his helmet off and say like, I am still redeemed. Like, I visited the Living Waters. I am so well, redeemed, even though I removed my helmet. Like, that would have been really cool. And the themes were going that way. Yeah. Like, the theme, and just a, no payoff. It's so yeah. sad. Like, and does do you think that's because Pedro Pascal is so busy? I mean, it's entirely possible, like, that he wasn't there at all. Like, he just recorded I, his oh, lines. Oh, no, he was not on set. He yeah. was not on set. So, I mean, that's entirely possible that he's just too busy. Um, and that's a shame, you know, because they are pumping this out. And so they lose a lot of the, you know, like emotion. They lose their actors because of this like relentless schedule. It's, you know, like they're well, not. Well, I mean, he's busy with. The Last of Us, which is going back to was film so season good, two. you know, yeah. getting to see him face act. Yeah, yeah, because he like he he was so good in that, and like the story was so amazing. Like it's it's just a shame. Like it's it's really hard. And I personally like I don't know. I I like the ending. I did like, you know, seeing him finally have a home. It was very cute. It was very cute. It, to me, but it didn't it, feel earned. No, it did harken back a little bit to, like, Omera 
um, mm-hmm. spending time but on that planet. Why did go back there? I know. <laughs> Never mentioned what happened again. To her? What's she doing? <laughs> Probably still mining for fish. You know, fishing up some krill. <laughs> um, and like it, it was cute. Like with him on the porch and like Grogu in the grass, because like that did kind of harken back to season one with him kind of like wanting that kind mm-hmm. of life. But like he's alone. <laughs> He's not with yeah. his – he's not with the other Mandalorians. He's not helping Bo-Katan. It's just him and Grogu, which, like, is fine. But Star Wars has a problem with, like, ending their characters completely alone. Yeah. Did you know the chair he's sitting on you can get at Costco? I did. I saw that. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I I like to think that Mando built it himself. <laughs> He's very good at woodworking. He's good. That all oh, 100%, right? This is why this like this is his new hobby. Could you imagine if like this show had said like same thing except he was on that planet with Omera and like he takes his helmet off? Mhm. Like could you well, imagine? Well, I mean like I just like narratively him going back to her planet and living there makes so much sense. I also feel like Grogu has already seen his face. So, like, what's the harm, you know? Because then you'll have to go get redeemed again. <laughs> Who's gonna know? Grogu, Grogu's nonverbal. <laughs> Who's gonna tell him? <laughs> I will say, okay, speaking of nonverbal Grogu, his noises this season were really good. They were really good. Man, mm. they were throwing that puppet Everywhere. <laughs> Every two seconds they're saying him. His patu. Patu. He goes, patu. Yeah, that one. Is that like when he's like hungry? Like what does that know. mean? I think it's like, uh, what are we doing? What's going on? <laughs> that one it's like so good. Yeah. Oh, my favorite thing that he does though is when they walk in to the bar at the very end and he's clearly like a puppet on strings. And he's like Yeah, and Oh my gosh, yeah, and then he eats the chicken nuggets. <laughs> like he was just yeah. like tippy tapping. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, I say this to Shannon week to week, but like Mandalorian keeps me watching because Grogu is literally the cutest thing ever. Still. Yeah, and like still. he's still amazing to watch. His facial expressions, like you said, the way the puppet walks, like that is what makes the show worth it week to week. And well, I'll, and I'll like, keep coming back for him. And, like, you don't need all these other characters. Like, just give me grumpy dad Din Djarin and then this silly green puppet. Like, that's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, okay, I know you, like, blacked out when you saw him with, like, the tross. It was very funny. I got yeah, over like, I did get over it. It, it was very funny. <laughs> It was good. The, what's what's even funnier, though, because, like, I was seeing those memes and I literally missed, all, like, my brain literally shut off when I saw that. But then, you know, like, it, it was brought back and I was like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. You got over your fear. <laughs> my fear of Babu Frick, you're right. I mean, what is Babu. it? What's his name? The, um, the, the weird, the slug alien who is he? Oh, he's in Survivor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why can't I think of his name? Probably because it doesn't matter. <laughs> Claude. 
Claude. It's not Claude in Survivor, though. He has another name. That would have been so funny, though. Yeah. It was. I will say the aliens, the aliens in Survivor are so cool. Like the different aliens you can talk to. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Probably our next episode is going to be Jedi Survivor. That or Visions. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like I personally am most excited, like live action wise for Acolyte after this. Yeah. Like we talked about that before. Well, like Andor season two. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like mm-hmm. I feel so confident about Andor season two, especially because like we know where it's going. <laughs> you know? We I already know. know where Deborah Chow is because she just we have not heard from her since Kenobi, right? What would happen if you just called Taylor up? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so where, where is, is Deborah she? Chow? Where is she? I um, hope she's yeah. like booked and busy, but like we we we're in a crisis. We need your help. I like miss the energy of Kenobi. That was a year ago because we saw oh, the premiere right. at over a year ago, uh, less than a year ago. Yeah, it's al- almost a year. It's like been mm-hmm. like eleven months mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. I miss that energy. That Wednesday that was energy. Good of energy. The mm-hmm. Kenobi hype was so good. The Andor hype was also really good, but I feel like there were people who still like didn't like Andor, and it's because Andor like makes you think. You Andor, know? if you don't like Andor, like I, I know I'm always like you know you're you're in your right to have your own opinions, but if you don't like Andor, you're wrong. You're I- wrong. <laughs> well, to me, it's like Star Wars. Inside Star Wars, there are two wolves, right? Yes. (laughs) One wolf is the themes and the complexity that is Andor, right? And then the other wolf is Lizzo holding Grogu and, like, scratching him on the head, right? Like, Star Wars is at once really deep, complex, great themes, mm-hmm. and And those camp. are both perfect. Like, yes. I'm both perfect, and I both I love them. I, I love, love them both so of them. much. Lizzo, like, Lizzo was so good in that episode. My she God. was. And, like, to hear her talk about it after, like, she was so hype. She mm-hmm. was, like, at, she was, like, performing, and she brought out, like, a yassified Grogu, like, yeah. I love that for her. That's amazing. Like, Star Wars is, so, like, you cannot convince me that George Lucas didn't see that episode and was like, yes, Bryce. It was for George? It was for George. Oh, so it's like, you know, if you didn't like Lizzo, you probably didn't like the prequels, you know? And if you don't like Andor, you probably didn't like The Phantom Menace. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't feel like The Mandalorian is made for prequel fans. No. It's it's for original trilogy fans. Mm-hmm. And animation to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Like, to an extent. Like, I think people who, like, are super into animation obviously still um, want it I, to be we animated. We actually missed a little bit of the Guns for, for Hire episode. I just want to touch on it really quickly. Oh, absolutely. The opening... The opening of that episode? Do you remember? Mm, oh my god. Yes, <laughs> I had to read it. Young Love, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, so Axwolves and Cosca Reeves are like trying to split up this like prince and yeah. this 
person, well, this, this fish. They're like tracking the ship and they're like, you kidnapped this Mon Calamari prince. And they're like, no, we didn't. And it's revealed like they didn't. He ran away because he's in love with, um, I think they're Quarren, um, like the squid yeah. face people. Mm-hmm. Like he's in love with their princess. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And Harry Holland played the prince. <laughs> That's just the funniest thing in the world. Like, Bryce Dallas Howard said, you know, there's these two girls. They're named Alex and Shannon. Like, let's just give them everything. Because <laughs> in that same episode, we get somebody who looks mysteriously, like, quirky. You know? Yeah. I mean, age is off, but... Who cares? He looks like quirky. I, you You know, know, like, the the quirky storyline will be made one day, and it'll be made for me. What if, you know who I would trust with the quirky storyline? Kevin Scott. Who? Kevin Scott. Yes. Right? Right? But, like, would you give him a quirky story, or would you give him the uh, love affair between Obi-Wan and... Satine. He could write a good love affair. If anybody could write this pining love affair. Because I don't actually care affair. about Corky that much. It's more about his conception. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you right. You right. <laughs> um, like, I am obsessed with this idea of, like, us learning about the fact that Corky is Obi-Wan's son through, like, him having, like, a journey into his past, you know? Like, he's introduced yeah. and it's, like, who is this kid? And, like, it's revealed mm-hmm. and, like, that kind of thing. That would be very interesting. But I agree. Like, listen, Kevin Scott writes Forbidden Love very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you like next time we see Kevin, we need to like tell him. You say like, hey, because I what's your like stance? We had we have some pretty good conversations with some authors when we run into them at celebration, mm-hmm. and we have not taken the chance to push our agenda. We have not been pushing our agenda. You are absolutely <laughs> right. Like, you know, every time we talk, we're we just we have wonderful conversations they're always one of us and we've never pushed our agenda yeah this is a disappointment we have not been living up to what we should be doing and that is spreading the gospel that obi-wan and satine Kreese had a love child yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i mean i'm definitely interested to see what they're gonna do with the mandalorian from here but like more than anything like Jedi Survivor right now like I'm so glad that that came out like right as Mando ended because like yes um what are we getting next is it Ahsoka is that what's coming yeah, next we're getting like a hot Marvel summer we are getting a hot Marvel summer and then coming back with Ahsoka yes you are absolutely right and like we'll be back with books there's an mm-hmm. Inquisitor novel in July but then what yeah, it's um Delilah Dawson, I think. Oh yes, yes, yes. I yeah. knew about that. Um, okay. There's that higher public anthology uh coming out just for me on my birthday, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get into like 
the final phase of the Wait, High Republic. Wait, when's the Return of the Jedi anthology? Ooh, also sep- around September 5th, I think. I think it's High Republic and um, oh, okay. Return of the Jedi. That's exciting. Just for me, for my birthday, for Virgo, Virgo mm-hmm. season, you know? <laughs> the sept- for the September Virgo, specifically. Yes, for the se- September, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to say, like, yes, we did harp on this season a lot, but I kind of think that just speaks to the fact that, like, we really do love these characters, and there really was, like, some interesting themes here that could have been explored. They just weren't to their fullest. Mm-hmm. They didn't dig deep enough. Yes, so. and they could have dug deeper, mm-hmm. and, like, that was the thing about Bad Batch. Like, we pulled all these themes out. We're like, mm, I guess they could be doing this, maybe, and then, like, they actually did. The themes, yeah, and, you know, we, we pulled... We were having private conversations about Mando, and you were like, oh, I think this is where it's going to go. I think this is where it's going to go, and did not go that way. Mm-hmm. We are Bad Batch. We were pulling these themes out, and we were right at the end. We yeah. were like, they set this up so well. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it's sad, but again, we'll see where it goes. I honestly think with Ahsoka, he's going to be in Ahsoka. He is. Yeah. He's gonna. He. Everyone's in, gonna be in Ahsoka. Yeah. Well, it's it might gonna, not even be Ahsoka story anymore. It's gonna be the prelude to his Avengers <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I yeah. honestly think that it's gonna be called Ahsoka, but like, it's probably gonna should have been called Thrawn. I have a feeling. Yeah, or like the search for Ezra. I see. Like, I don't even have the confidence you that think that's that, what like, no. No, no, I don't think that's going to... I think it's all going to be about Thrawn. It's all about Thrawn. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that is going to do it for this episode. Um, like we said before, we are interested to see where we're going. Um, hopefully, where we go is more Lizzo, because that's what we need. Um, but if you want to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter or Instagram at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon, and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>